you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It is Friday, January 27th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. An L.A. native, Burbank, technically, who flies the flag of the Philadelphia Eagles. Comes in handy this week. He is a young man who is responsible for the quake-proof foundation of facts on which we have built this house of cards. Probably too much to ask of anyone, and yet he handles that burden as if it were a mere trifle. In his enormously capable hands, he is the keeper of the truth, the T.A. researcher. He is Jonathan Bassey, welcome back to the pod, JB. Pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, of course. It is our pleasure. And we thank you so much for what you do and certainly for your time today. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, Friday answers to Sunday questions. Championship Sunday questions. Who wins? What's the score? Who stars? And who stumbles? To be fair, the questions are simple. And yet the answers with matchups like these are not. In fact, JB, I have witnessed more consternation and equivocation, more apologetically delivered, meek and mumbled predictions this week than ever before in my career. And not because our learned colleagues have suddenly lost their nerve or their ability to handicap an NFL game, but because these two games really could go either way. Yes, even with concerns about Patrick Mahomes' mobility, these are the best four teams in the NFL. Apologies to the Bills, but last week proved just how true a statement that is. The final four, it's the best four. And they might just provide the best 120 minutes or more of football that we have seen in a long, long time. You ready for this, JB? I'm ready. I was born ready. With that as a scene setter, let's talk about what else is on this show. In no particular order, why Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo may be his own worst enemy. Why the Bengals may have finally said too much. 
We'll ask the following question of the championship Sunday venues, which is harder to play in, Arrowhead or whatever that place is called out in Philly. We've got a three-part plan for a 49ers upset. More to the point, Steve Smith Sr. has a three-part plan for a 49ers upset. And we have a singular focus for a Bengals upset. Yes, as of the time of this record, since he is back to being the underdog. More on that in a moment. But first, this. Take care. See y'all at Bowers. <laughs> That is the voice of Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones. But I think in this construct, we can call him the bear. Why? Because Bengals cornerback Mike Hilton may have poked the bear by calling Arrowhead Stadium this past week, Burrowhead Stadium. Take care. See y'all at Burrowhead Stadium. (laughs) Now, let's be clear. Famously, the Bengals and Joe Burrow have beaten the Chiefs three times in a row. No other quarterback can make that claim. But let's be clear about something else. Only one of those games was at Arrowhead Stadium. So to call it Burrowhead Stadium is a little unfair. It's not exactly like Joe Burrow is Aaron Rodgers and owns the Bears. No, he's beaten them three times in a row. The Bengals have beaten the Chiefs three times in a row, twice in Cincinnati. JB, the Bengals didn't like that everyone assumed a neutral site AFC championship game was inevitable. Better send those refunds. That puffed-up assumption was made, actually, by the Bills, Bills Mafia, Bills fans. But now they, the Bengals, may be guilty of throwing their trash talk in the wrong receptacle. Has the cup of bravado runneth over for Cincy? That will be decided on Sunday. It will be the second of two games, and that's where we will start. Okay, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Arrowhead Stadium on CBS. The line in this game moved two different times. It started with the Chiefs favored by two and a half. Within 48 hours, the Bengals were favored by two and a half. That line has now, in a very elastic way, sprung back. The Chiefs are now favored again by one. So, JB, we will do the holy trinity of evaluation technique today. What should happen, what could happen, and what will. We will be responsible. More to the point, you will be responsible for the what should happen and the what could happen, at least from a statistical data-driven standpoint. What should happen, at least according to the odds makers, is that the top-seeded Kansas City Chiefs will win this game, yes, in razor-thin, super-close fashion. Jonathan Bassey. Why are the odds makers right? Why should the Chiefs win? Give me some data points that make that argument for KC. Because of the Mahomes-Travis-Kelsey connection. That connection excels. It might be too much for the Bengals to stop. Patrick Mahomes has 12 career passing touchdowns during AFC Championship games. Four of those, to be exact. That is the second most in AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl era behind Tom Brady with 18. Patrick Mahomes in conference championship games averages 297.3 yards per game. That's third. 8.3 pass yards per attempt, first. Three pass touchdowns per game, first. 12 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio, first. Oh, and let's just top it off with the 113.7 passer rating, also first. First in NFL history, best ever. 
And let's be clear about this. Those four games have been four straight games, four straight AFC Championship games. The Chiefs, in this remarkable sort of mini-dynastic run of theirs, maybe it's properly dynastic, we'll talk about that another day, are now in their fifth straight AFC Championship game. They are hosting their fifth straight AFC Championship game. A remarkable achievement. Uh, The foundation of that truth is this, that the Kansas City offense, when compared to other NFL teams this year, their offense is ranked first in total offense, first in scoring offense, first in passing. They are second on second down. They are third in terms of sacks. That means they don't give up a lot of them. Now, a lot of that has to do with the mobility of Patrick Mahomes. That obviously will be part of the narrative. They are second in the red zone. They are fifth in big plays, and they are first in yards per play. The one stat that stands out to me, JB, and I want your thoughts on this, in terms of their rushing offense, they are ranked 20th out of 32 teams in the NFL. They are a bottom-half NFL rushing team. Is it because they don't have to, or is it because they actually do lack the balance to pull it off? And if that's the case, that has to be considered a potential, at least, vulnerability facing a Bengals defense led by defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, who seems to have the Chiefs number lately. I think it's because they don't have to, but I liked what they did in the divisional round game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hands it off, and Pacheco gets hit. Now he gets off the hit, 40. 35, Pacheco at the 25, sprinting down the near sideline. Stiff arms the Jaguar defender all the way down to the Jacksonville three-yard line. Isaiah Pacheco, grab a bucket of guts. It's a 40-yard run by the rookie. They had 30 rushes for 144 yards. 30 rushes for 144 yards. When you run the ball more, good things happen, you know? take pressure off of Mahomes and have a balanced attack. What else are you seeing on paper that strikes you as a reason that you couldn't possibly think that anybody but the Kansas City Chiefs will win this game? Let's Maybe let's flip to the other side of the ball for KC. Let's look at that defense. Their total defense is ranked 11th. Good, top half, but not even top 10. Scoring defense is actually even a click down from that. The 16th ranked scoring defense, which maybe suggests that they aren't great in the red zone. And you know what? As my eye scans down your stat page here, JB, it's true. They are 31st in the NFL in terms of their red zone defense. So translation, if you can get it into the red zone against this Kansas City Chiefs team, you are very likely, more often than not, to get the ball in the end zone, certainly to put points on the board. It hasn't happened maybe a whole hell of a lot against this Kansas City Chiefs team, but that strikes me as a massive vulnerability. There's no question about that. That is a weakness. That is a problem area for them. What am I missing, JB? Is there anything else that you are seeing? I would love to hit the nail on the head one more time about Travis Kelsey. Talk to me. Travis Kelsey gets 14 receiving touchdowns this season. That's tied for the most, including playoffs with Devontae Adams. 12 of his 14 have been in the red zone. That's an astounding number. That's one that can't be ignored. No, it can't be. And in fact, it's not being ignored by our own Bucky Brooks, who we will hand the mic to now. Bucky Brooks, according to you, Lou Anarumo's primary job, and it's not altogether different than any defensive coordinator's job when they prepare to face the Kansas City Chiefs, is to identify where 87 is on every single play. They use a lot of pre-snap motion. That's no excuse. Where is 87? 
Make sure that he stays in front of you. Make sure that he doesn't get a lot of big plays. You talked about that Jags game. Yes, he had 14 catches, but only 98 yards, seven yards per reception. I think a stat line like that, as gaudy as the 14 receptions sounds and looks, I think Lou Anaruma would take that right now because that means that he hasn't beaten you for a big play. But Bucky Brooks knows a lot more about this than I do. Bucky Brooks, take the mic. This is about Lou Anarumo controlling the game. And look, I just want him to keep it simple. Mm. Players, not plays. When you're defending the Kansas City Chiefs, all that stuff that Andy Reid likes to do, that's cute. But you need to keep your eyes on 87 and number one in the red zone. Because when they reach the 20-yard line, those are the guys that put the ball in the paint. Travis Kelsey has 12 red zone touchdowns. Jerry McKenna has nine receiving touchdowns. And so if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, take number 87, take number one away, let Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, let somebody else do the damage. But you're not going to let their stars make big plays. Okay, that's what Bucky Brooks has to say about Travis Kelsey, number 87. It's no surprise. JB gave you the numbers. 14 touchdowns this year. 12 of them came in the red zone. So inside the 20, forced Patrick Mahomes to look elsewhere. Let's talk about somebody else, though, on this Chiefs team. He's getting a lot of talk this week. And, of course, it's number 15, the former NFL MVP, the Super Bowl champion, the former Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. He's worth half a billion dollars to this franchise. He's worth countless more to this league. He is a human highlight machine. And yet the narrative heading into this game is about his mobility and the assumed lack of mobility that we will see from him on Sunday. Steve Smith Sr., who knows a thing or two about quarterback play and certainly about big games. He played 11 playoff games in his career, Steve Smith Sr. He had over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns in those playoff games. He knows about these things, and he is asking a question that nobody else seems to be asking, and he is saying that Lou Anarumo better be asking himself the same question this week. What if Patrick Mahomes is fine? What if mobility concerns are not the overriding narrative once the whistle blows, the kick is made, and the game is on? Steve Smith Sr., take the mic. I hope your game plan is not booking right. that this high ankle sprain is going to slow you down because Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain. Guess what? It doesn't matter. He still has finding Waldo with yeah. Travis Kelsey. He has uh, McKinney. He has Pacheco, Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS. He has a number of guys that are going to help him that were part of this team all year long when he was just sitting in the pocket, nice, calm, and collective, clean pocket, and just dropping dimes. When he's throwing the ball, it doesn't matter. But if you are banking on this high ankle sprain being part of your game plan where well, he's not going to have mobility, hey, folks, yeah. What happens if he is 100%? What happens if he can get away in his escapability? 41 touchdowns and 20 of them outside of the pocket. But guess what? He still dropped dimes on 20, 40, mm. 15, 5. It doesn't matter. He can still play and sling that football. No ankle, with ankles, uh, removing ankles, yeah. kneecap, you name it. And then one last point that really needs to be mentioned. I teased it in the open. We know the Steve Spagnola way. He is aggressive. Ask Tom Brady about aggression. We saw him with the Giants beat Tom Brady up, end the perfect season, and shockingly win a Super Bowl for the Giants. We saw Steve Spagnola's Chiefs defense do the same thing and win another Super Bowl. He is famous for his aggression. 
And yet, according to Bucky Brooks, an aggressive approach by the Chiefs defense may play right into the hands of the baby-faced assassin, of the steely-eyed killer Joe Burrow. He doesn't mind a collapsing pocket. He doesn't mind less time to throw. He will carve you up anyway. In fact, that's ideal conditions, says Bucky, to carve up a Chiefs defense. Can Steve Spagnola be less aggressive? Can he get out of his own way? Is he his own worst enemy? Bucky Brooks, the mic is yours. You want to be careful bringing pressure at Joe Burrow because mm. Joe Burrow is at his best when he's able to spread the defense out and shred him. So he can identify who's coming. He can get the ball out of his hands because it plays to his background as a basketball player in high school. He's just basically distributing the rock, playing kind of like John Stockton, just getting it out of his hands and letting those guys perform. And when you think about the supporting cast on the outside, if you're going to blitz, that means you're willing to leave your guys in either man-on-man coverage or you're going to play a soft zone. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, that is a bad proposition if you're going to do that. I think if you're Steve Spagnuolo, you want to mix it in. You want to keep the ball in front. You want to rally and tackle. You want to make the Cincinnati Bengals drive the length of the field and see if they can do it without making mistakes. Be careful giving them those easy shots. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, researcher extraordinaire Jonathan Bassey. We like him in spite of his Eagles fandom. Let's turn to the other side of the ball in this Bengals-Chiefs game, the second of two Sunday championship games. JB, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the what could happen. What could happen? What could happen? The underdog could win this game. They're only an underdog by one, but they are the underdog. They are going on the road to take on the top seed in the AFC. What are you seeing on paper? What are you seeing in the data that suggests to you that what could happen will happen? Make a case for the Bengals. Well, backing up Bucky, Joe Burrow has literally thrived under pressure this season 
with a 98.1 passer rating. A 98.1 passer rating. And according to next-gen stats, on passes with a sub-50% completion probability, Joe Cool excels with a 94.2 passer rating. 16 touchdowns to three interceptions on sub-50% completion probability passes. I mean, when you, when you ask him to make a tough throw, he will make a tough throw. He's unfazed, and the numbers suggest that. The Bengals' offense and their success certainly tends to go the way of Joe Burrow. And lately, man, that is a very, very good thing. Let's not forget that one of the many narratives attached to this game is Joe Burrow's dominance. Let's say small d in quotes there. He has rattled off three straight wins against the Chiefs. And again, as I mentioned before, no other quarterback can say that. So that is no small feat to go in and outwit and outsmart and outlast, I think that's a survivor line, the Andy Reid-led Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals offense, eighth in total, seventh scoring offense. They are the fifth ranked passing offense in the NFL. And they are, and this strikes me as a very important number, JB, they are third in the NFL on third downs. And I think that speaks to the bloodless nature of Joe Burrow's efficiency, that when it matters most, on third down, he is at his best. There is, however, a weakness. Their rushing offense in the NFL is ranked 29th out of 32. Will they have to rely on the rush in this game, or do you think all roads go through Joe Burrow, period? I think they will need to rely on the rush. Um, so in their 2022 divisional round game last week, Joe Mixon had 20 carries, 105 rushing yards, and a rushing TD. According to next-gen stats, Mixon averaged a season-high 2.6 yards before contact each rush. So getting him going will be effective, will help them. He's averaged 61.3 rush yards per game and 84 scrimmage yards per game over his three career matchups versus the Chiefs. Get him going. Feed him the ball. History suggests that it is a very, very difficult thing for a team that begins a season 0-2 to make a Super Bowl. The Bengals are trying to do that this season. They would become only the fifth team in the Super Bowl era to make the Super Bowl after starting 0-2. It was done back in 1993 by the Cowboys, who went on to win that Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills. It was done in 96, three years later, by the Patriots, who lost that Super Bowl to the Green Bay Packers. The Patriots did it again in 2001, and of course they won that Super Bowl against the greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams, the then St. Louis Rams. And of course, back in 07, the New York Giants won Super Bowl 42 with Steve Spagnola as their defensive coordinator against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. The Bengals started this season 0-2. Joe Burrow was recovering from an appendectomy, and here they are playing their best football at the most important time. But let's, JB, now turn to the other side of the ball. The Bengals' defense. Are there any numbers statistically that stand out to you as definitive or worrisome or perhaps dominant for this Bengals' D? Dominant. Dominant. Talk to me. Where are they dominant? Because I'm not seeing numbers that suggest dominance. In the playoffs since last season, the Bengals have played six games. And over those six games, the defense has allowed 18.2 points per game, which is second among teams who have played a minimum of two games since last postseason. And they have 12 takeaways in those six games. 12 takeaways. And that strikes me very 
much because Mahomes, during the second half of games against the Bengals, he's had two interceptions with a 54.5 passer rating. So he's struggled during the second half of games and shown that he could turn the ball over. What you are talking about is actually a narrative that is reinforced by their regular season numbers. The Bengals ranked 16th in total defense throughout the year, middle of the pack, hardly distinguished themselves as a predominantly defensive team. But you look then at the scoring defense, and most of our colleagues, former players, agree. That's the one that matters the most. Their scoring defense ranked sixth in the NFL, seventh in the NFL against the rush. And if a Chiefs team has to rely on the rush in the absence of a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes, that could prove to be significant. They do not get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. At least they do not sack opposing quarterbacks with a great deal of efficiency. They were ranked 29th out of 32 teams there. But they do cause a lot of turnovers. Eighth in the NFL at causing turnovers. Tied for ninth in the NFL in the red zone. We talked about how important that is when you face a team with number 87, Travis Kelsey. Be your best in the red zone. They're going to have to be. The turnover differential, you mentioned 12 turnovers that they forced in those six playoff games. Well, their turnover differential throughout the regular season, sixth in the NFL. This is a very opportunistic bend, don't break defense. I tell you what, JB, this is going to be a fascinating matchup. I do hope that Steve Smith Sr. is right. I don't want to see a game in which Patrick Mahomes is limited. I want to see him at his best. I want to see this Chiefs team at their best. I want to see this Bengals team at their best. And if that is the case, man, what an epic showdown this could be. Okay, enough from us. Let us get to MJ Acosta-Ruiz, Adam Rank, Steve Smith Sr., and Bucky Brooks for game picks and score predictions for the AFC matchup. That is 6.30 Eastern Standard Time from Arrowhead Stadium on CBS. Ladies and gentlemen, take the mic. Let's get to these game picks. I'm picking the Bengals again, 31 to 30. Ooh. Ooh. And yes, by the way, just so you know, it is an up. Yep, there it is. It's an upset, it's an upset. Ooh. Not to me. Wow. Not to you. And Not to after, me. And apparently the crew as well. Uh, Steve, wow. what do you got? Well, Steve, what do you got? As, as Bucky would say, and new. <laughs> yes. I have the Cincinnati Bengals hit that upset. <laughs> hey, y'all need to have, <laughs> hey, Agent 89 has picked the upset. I need more lights. I know. <laughs> more drama. Lights. I need That's some fair. bigger lights. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Bucky Brooks. So, I know yesterday I made uh-huh. Okay. I made some people mad in Chiefs Kingdom because I said, and new Joe Burrow. So here's what I'm going to say because they I'm a little nervous and concerned about. They text no, no, they didn't text me. They text I'm you? a little concerned about all of the conversation and noise coming out of that locker room Ooh. in Cincinnati. I think they might be a little disrespectful to the Chiefs Kingdom. And I just know when you're Pat Mahomes and you keep receipts like he's been mm-hmm. prone to do, I think they find a way to get it done. I think Mr. Miyagi does make an appearance. Oh! He does wax oh! off, wax off. And I think we're going to see Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs move on and play. So you saying he got a bottle full? He got a, mm. a basket or, or or a Gatorade full of Robitussin? Yeah, that ain't gonna be feeling good. He'll be okay. Vapor rub is usually what we use there. Look, in the past, I have picked against the Bengals. I didn't last Uh-oh. week. I was with you guys too, picking them. I'm going to roll with them again this week. It's oh. going to be a tight one. It's going to be tough. Ooh. But I have the Bengals squeaking this out 25 to 22. 
in an upset somehow. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, researcher Jonathan Bassey. We have talked at length about the AFC game between the Bengals and the Chiefs. It is now time to turn to the first of two Sunday championship games. Let us now talk, JB, about the second-seeded San Francisco 49ers and the top-seeded Philadelphia Eagles, who, of course, are the hosts in this game. Coming up, we will ask the question, which home venue is tougher to play in? Is it Philly or is it KC? But for now, let's talk about what could happen in this game. As it stands right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, the home team, the top seed, are favored by two and a half points over the San Francisco 49ers. So what could happen? The Niners could win. The underdog could win. Man, it has been known to happen before. JB, what are you seeing from the Niners that suggests that what could happen will happen? What I'm seeing from the Niners is ground game domination, and they can expose Philadelphia's run defense, who is allowing 121.4 yards per game on the ground, including playoffs, which is 16th most in the NFL. Middle of the pack for a great defense that is first in total yards per game, first in pass yards per game, and first in sacks. And Christian McCaffrey has scored one or more scrimmage touchdowns in eight straight games, which is the longest streak by a 49ers player in a season since T.O. in 1998. The 49ers also have not lost a game since McCaffrey's first start. 12-0 since week 8. And to top it off, Elijah Mitchell has 50 or more rush yards in four of six games played since returning from his week 10 injury. That's their opportunity. 
So it's not quite a strength on weakness. It would be overstating it to say that Philly's rushing defense is a weakness, but it is certainly not how they make their money. Let's look at the defensive numbers for the Philadelphia Eagles. They are second in total defense. They are eighth in scoring defense, but to JV's point, they are tied for 16th against the run. So it stands to reason that a team that runs the ball as well as the San Francisco 49ers, that is your path to victory, or so it seems. The San Francisco 49ers offense, fifth in total offense, sixth in scoring, and they are a top 10 rushing offense, eighth in rushing offense. They are also third at being stingy. They do not turn the ball over, and they are fourth in yards per play. But of course, the name that we have left out until this moment, let's not do it any longer, is Mr. Irrelevant. He has certainly shucked that title. Let's promise not to use that title next year. We'll use it to the end of this run, and then we will bury that. The last player drafted in the 2022 draft is no longer a prospect. He is no longer a project. He is an absolute pro. He hasn't lost in the NFL this year. Give me some numbers for Brock Purdy. He proves time and time and time again to be up for the challenge. Give me some basic numbers on Brock Purdy. What have we seen from him this season? Is there anything in his numbers that suggest he is due for a dip or a drop in form? I see numbers due for a dip. You do? Yes. Talk to me. So the Eagles have pressured opposing quarterbacks on 33.8% of dropbacks this season, which is the second highest rate. That does sound high, and there you go. It's top two. Brock Purdy, under pressure, has a 43.2 completion percentage, opposed to a 71.4 completion percentage when not under pressure. And Mr. Purdy, or Mr. Irrelevant until the year's done. Or Mr. Pretty, as Steve Smith Sr. calls him. (laughs) Is forced when he's forced outside the tackle box, he has a 79.1 passer rating. So when he's on the move, he gets frantic, you know, numbers dip. But when kept clean inside the pocket, finding wide open receivers, his passer rating soars to 113.9. And he also is facing a Philadelphia Eagles team, as Brian Baldinger pointed out the other day, the only team in the NFL that commits quite often to a five-man defensive front. They led the NFL in sacks this year. 70, I believe, was the number for a reason. They bring it all the time. And those pressure numbers that you just read us on Brock Purdy, those might register to 49ers fans as alarming, and it might just widen the eyes and have Philly fans licking their lips because that sounds like an invitation to serious disruption and devastation. Now, on the other side of the ball, Jalen Hurts is shortlisted as an MVP candidate for a reason. I believe MJ Acosta-Ruiz still has him as her MVP, and she's not alone in that. A lot of people believe that Jalen Hurts should win the Most Valuable Player Award this season. We will find out the night before the Super Bowl during NFL honors. But for now, Jalen Hurts cares not one iota about that award. He wants to win two more games. It starts at home against the Niners. Let's talk about this Philly offense. Because as much as we talk about their defense, let's not forget, they may be, they probably are the most balanced team in the NFL. Their defense is ranked second. Their offense is ranked third. Third in total offense. Third in scoring. Fifth 
in rushing, ninth in passing. They are fourth on third down. They are tied for fourth in turnovers. That means they are stingy. They keep the ball. They're third in the red zone. They are first in big plays. They are sixth in yards per play, and they are third in turnover differential. JB, your team is a monster. There isn't anything that they don't do very, very well. That's what we have to say. Let's find out what they have to say on TA, the broadcast. Got in a three-point stance. Fellas, Steve, I would love for you to give me three mm. points yes. that would seal up a victory for the 49ers over the Eagles. Well, let me pat myself on the back a little bit. I don't want <laughs> you to hit you, hit you with my elbow as I do it. But I actually starting to like this uh, three-point yeah. stance a little bit. So let me get right yes. into it. Well, the three-point stance, first of all, you're going to have to give a lot of variations to Jalen Hurts. You got to understand, when you go to Costco and you get that variety pack of chips, oh, you got to yeah. do that same thing with the secondary. You just can't eat the Funyuns. <laughs> I like the Funyuns. Ooh, They're so good. You look like you like Funyuns. <laughs> Funyuns in the Mountain Dew. Ooh, because of that, you got to put in second. You know that's this guy named Michael Vick? Well, Jalen Hurts has the escapability as Michael Vick, too. So you have to have a spy on Jalen Hurts because he's just as dangerous in the pocket but he's even more dangerous with his legs as well. And then finally, the third is you got to make the Eagles drive the length of the field. Listen to this, Bucky. Did you know, did you know that the 49ers, their offense, the opposing offense, the longest time of possession, two minutes and 37 seconds. Oh, yeah. However, the Eagles in their 11 drives that have, that have lasted longer than seven minutes is equal into eight touchdowns. So you know what you got? You have two heavyweight fighters. Mm -hmm. One's never went past the third round, and the other one, they've never gone past the eighth or ninth round. So something's going to break, and something's going to do something that they've never done before. Right. Yeah, and we get the opportunity. You see it? When? Three o'clock. We get to figure out which heavyweight <laughs> fight goes down. Is it in the fourth round, fifth round, or eighth right. round? Or does it go 12 full rounds? It's going but I'm excited. It's going the distance for sure. Let's turn now to MJ Acosta Ruiz, Adam Rank, Steve Smith Sr., and Bucky Brooks for their game picks. Let's get to it. I have lost sleep over this one, so Rank, I'm starting with you. Who you got? Yeah, this is a difficult. This whole, both these games have been very difficult to pick, but I'm going to take the Eagles in a close contest, 21 to 20. I think what it comes down to is the quarterback play. I'm not saying that Brock Purdy is going to be exposed or anything like that. I expect him to play well, but I think this Eagles team has been somehow still overlooked because they were so good for such a long time. Had a couple of missteps when Gardner Minshew was in there. But now that Gar now that Jalen's back and ready to go, I just don't think they'll be stopped. Okay. I'm not looking at Brock Purdy to make any mistakes. What I'm really looking at is the Philadelphia Eagles. Their times, their secondary, for every 10 great plays, they have about two or three plays that are mistakes. And I believe those mistakes will cost them. So I have the 49ers 21 uh, 24 oh. 21 upset and I need brighter lights when I do that more more <laughs> more more lights. I'm with you. Uh, Steve, Steve is on point uh, something about the Niners that I just feel like they have the upper hand in this matchup and it's gonna take Nick Bosa having a monster day but Kyle Shanahan has to be in his bag for this to uh, come to fruition so let's go with the Niners 24 to 20 mm. yeah um wow by one point you guys come on. Yeah. come on MJ I told you I've lost sleep over this it's <laughs> come on Come on. Such a tough matchup, such a close matchup. So you know what I did? I phoned a friend. My dad now in retirement. He has plenty of time to help out his 
firstborn, <laughs> dare I say, favorite child. Am I taking the easy way out? Maybe. A little bit. But my dad and I, we talk ball all the time, constantly. So I said, let me just pick up the phone and call this man. Let him pick. So Bobby's pick, Eagles. I'm going to pick up where he left off. I'll give you the score, 24 to 21. We interrupt this podcast to bring you stat projections for star players on Championship Sunday. Cynthia Freeland has run the numbers, and here is what she has to say. Let's start with Debo, right? Why don't we? Okay. Will he have more or less than 51 and a half receiving yards? Okay, so I have just slightly less. I have four receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. I want to note here, I also have 17 rush yards, something we haven't seen as much of. But I'm looking on third down, and what do the Eagles do? Well, they play zone. And you know what's the problem against zone? Tricks. And you know what Ooh. Debo's great at? Tricks. So when I'm looking at Debo in this projection, I think that it's about 51 receiving yards. But those 17 rush yards... Those are important. Uh, 17 rush yards, a tug, and um, probably a chain. As for the Eagles' number one guy, will A.J. Brown have more than 73 and a half receiving yards? Oh, I'm going less on this one, too. Six, 72, and a touchdown. So a very important day for him, but not necessarily one that nets more than 72 and a half receiving yards. He does lead the league with 441 yards when targeted on tight window passes this season. But you know what happens with tight window passes? You usually don't get a lot of yards after the catch. So for me in this one, 672 touchdown, a still a wonderful game for him. Shutting down the yak a little bit there. All right, let's move on to that AFC game. Patrick Mahomes always seems to find a wide-open Travis Kelsey. Uh So will Kelsey have more or less than 77 and a half receiving yards? Well, I am the opposite of Cindy Sunshine this week. Oh, no! Going less here. (laughs) Only seven, a meager 77 receiving yards for him. Seven receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Still a nice output against a Lou Anarumo defense that really has had his number and figured him out. Logan Wilson is all over him. However, Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes ankle situation and a full week to plan. Mm-hmm. You saw what happened when Chad Henney came in. Chad, wow, well, like a Michigan accent there. <laughs> Chad Henney when Chad Henney came in, but I still think in this game it is all about Travis Kelsey. I hear that. One thing that a lot of people are expecting this weekend is a lot of stuff on the ground. Joe Mixon had over 100 yards last week. Will he have more than 59 and a half rushing yards. We are completing the doomsday scenario. Oh, my God. Less 59 rush yards, but also a touchdown. Here's the Mm. thing about these running backs. They run a lot, but they don't get a ton of those, like, 10-plus, 5-plus, so deeper gashes. They'll use a lot of attempts with him, so I think the attempts will be high, but I don't necessarily think the output will be super high. I actually think that potentially Samaji Pirine Mm -hmm. will come in and steal some of the volume there. And with the offensive line pieces being what they are, meaning 60% of them being different than they had most of the season, I just don't think that the the inside runs are going to be as successful, which means you got to hit just 59. Just a little bit. Still good. Cynthia Freeland, let's stay with you for point totals for the two games. The NFC game, that's the first game of the day, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox. That pits the Niners against the Eagles and, of course, the nightcap, the 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game on CBS from the AFC, the Bengals and the Chiefs. You want point totals? We've got the right person, Cynthia Freeland. Take the mic. Cynthia Freeland is back with the exact numbers for Championship Sunday. Let's start with the NFC Championship game. 49ers Eagleson over under 46 points in this one. Well, if you like points, you're going to like this weekend. I have an over for this one. I have the San Francisco 49ers upsetting. <gasps> I love it. I love the upset. <laughs> my favorite thing. I love it. <laughs> an upset here. 25 to 20. 
three in this matchup. Higher score than projected. I know these are two running games and typically running games. I like mm-hmm, to say mm-hmm. the unders, but in this case, that number's too low. Did you see how close that score was, y'all? Two points. All right. Mm-hmm. What about the AFC title game? Over under 47 and a half between the Bengals and the Chiefs. Well, you're going to like the margin again on this one. <laughs> Another over. I have 50 points. Yes. In this one. I have the Chiefs taking this one 26 to 20 for another very, very close game. I do think that Patrick Mahomes pulls it off. I don't think that it is Burrowhead Stadium. I think or that's whatever funny. They call but it. Yeah. yeah. And, and no one's anyone's daddy. That's the joke, not father. Just clearing that up now. And finally, a word on the venues. Do they matter? Oh, so much more than you could possibly ever know. They don't matter for all 32 teams, let's be fair, and I don't want to point fingers and name names of teams whose home fans don't present as stiff a challenge as will face the visiting San Francisco 49ers and the visiting Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. The fact is, Arrowhead Stadium and Lincoln Financial are two of the most difficult places to play in any sport anywhere in the world. And here is why. Our Championship Sunday host sites have some interesting facts attached to them. When you talk about atmosphere, Arrowhead Stadium is the third oldest home stadium in the NFL. Reached the Guinness World Record of 142.2 decimals Mm. back in 2014 against the Raiders. As for the link, 8-1 home record at the link this season, including playoffs, It also has a four-hour fan code of conduct course that it requires fans who have been evicted from the stadium to complete before re-entry. You guys know all about playing under hostile (laughs) environments. What? What did you do? What did you say? What is happening? Call it again. MJ, what was that? I can't hear. Call it back in. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, Steve, you know what? You played in and won an NFC championship in Philadelphia is the crowd is raucous, 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 raucous as advertised. They are. Uh, you know, Philly fans will also turn on themselves. Too. They will turn on their team. They will boo you as the opposing team. But if the opposing team uh, starts to show that games are looking different and it's not the outcome that they're expecting, they will start to tone, turn on their team. And that's the one thing that I would say that that really changes Arrowhead. Arrowhead is more, uh, what would you say, optimistic, Oscar? Friendly. Yeah, more friendly. friendly. They're more concerned about their team and less about the, you know, I I don't want to say the result, but less about the result because they have faith. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think Bucky said it better in our in our production and meeting. Well, I mean, like in, in Philly, you got to understand there's a lot of negativity sometimes that yeah. surrounds. You know, they always, feel like, sometimes. they always feel like they've been slighted to underdog mentality. And sometimes that anxiety, you can feel that in the stadium. And that is on the sideline. The, si- the team feels that. They feel all that angst and, oh, my God, here we go again. We're not good enough. We're not going to win. And so it's not only a lot of pressure on the opposing team. It's a lot of pressure on the home team when you play it at Philly. It's so a tough both, environment. So you're saying, like, both stadiums are loud. But does that mean that it's easier to play in Philadelphia? I wouldn't say it's easier. It basically put it like this. Look, when you're playing against Philadelphia and playing against the Eagles – and how their fan base is. It's like when you look, you forget your coupon book, you're heading to the grocery store, and you, you only got a few dollars, and you don't have that coupon book, you start to look and realize, so I'm going to have to take about several items <laughs> off this belt. Before, the only way I could take all these groceries home, 
That's what they get. They get anxiety. They just get unsettled. And Philly is just a natural place. They have high expectations for their team. Yeah. But they turn so quickly as well. So that's the part that that really takes away from the the, the, the home field advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. The tension. The tension is different in yeah, Philadelphia right. and Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City, they're looking to have a party. And because they've riled up, they poked the bear a little bit, they called it Burrowhead. So you know. Right. All the red is going to be out. They're going to be loud. And it's a place where it can be a decided advantage for the Kansas City Chiefs because, look, we saw them. Guinness Book of World Records. They set the decibel, the noise level. So it's going to be loud. It's going to be festive. But they're going to be for Kansas City, not so much the anxiety that Philadelphia Eagles have. That's a beach party. There's one thing I didn't uh, factor in and just thinking about it. You know, San Francisco, they travel well. They do. And it's going to be interesting. You know, San Francisco folks, you know, Cali folks, we're a little bit different. Yeah. And Philly think they tough, too. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. listen, it might be a, it, it might be a few uh, fisticuffs, we'll some, uh, some, some fist fights in the phone booth out there, depending on who wins. It's a little bit different than filling SoFi Stadium, but to go into a place like Philadelphia where the crowd can turn. No, because in SoFi and Philly, I'll say it like this. You can get shanked anywhere, and San Francisco fans have every yeah. intention of protecting <laughs> themselves. Okay. Fair enough. Listener, please join us on Monday when we look back at what may be the best day in all of sports every single year. It is Championship Sunday in the NFL. Who won? How did they do it? Who stumbled? Why did they do it? And we will take a first look ahead to the game of all games, Super Bowl 57, which is two weeks away Man, we can't wait for this. We're going to tell you how it happened. We're going to tell you what happens now. We're going to look back at one hell of a Sunday, and we will look ahead to one hell of a Sunday. It's getting good, guys. Stay with us. We'll see you on Monday. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.